Happy Halloween. Did you intentionally start with the most grating version of your voice that you could do? Happy Halloween. Made it as nasally as possible. It is still spooktober. It is spooktober and the day this episode is released is October 30th, which means tomorrow uh, it is All Hallows Eve. My name is Nick Amell. I'm the host of the Tennis Podcast and I'm joined here by... Brandon. Yep. That's Brandon over there. He is the uh, old man grandpa that we have on the show for comedic relief. You get his old man baby boomer opinions on things. This is the show where one of us brings a top 10-ish list on every topic in the world and the other tries to guess it without any heads up. I have no heads up. Brandon has no heads up. Mm -mm. Today, in honor of Spooktober, I got a spooky list for us. The, what am I calling this? The horror movie icons with the highest kill counts. Like Jason and Freddy Krueger and stuff. Those guys. Well, fucking spoilers. Fucking spoilers. Well, I didn't or... say, are those horror icons? Pinhead? Well, fucking you tell me, Brandon. Do you think Dumbo is a horror icon or do you think Jason and <laughs> you Freddy You don't have are? to be mean about it. I was just trying to <laughs> figure out what a horror icon was. You think Aladdin is a horror icon? Maybe, uh, maybe The Rock's character in Fast and Furious? Horror icons? I was just getting clarification. Those with the highest kill counts are what we're looking at and I pulled this list from Ranker.com and what they did is they looked at all the films, all horror films and whoever a kill is attributed to most often is on this list and it's on-screen murder. Homicide by intent, intentional homicide. Yes. Is what these ghouls are charged with eventually. Whoa, whoa, that's a, that's a heavy accusation calling them ghouls like that. Is that a racial thing? Ghouls for a monster? Well, might hurt their feelings. I got to think of some monsters here and write them down. Got to think about some monsters. Who of horror movie icons, which of them have killed the most people? And I have the top 10. Do you want to start by telling me who you think are safe bets to not be in the top 10? Any of the clowns with the inflatable boobs. Killer clowns from outer space. I don't think they killed enough people to be. And they are iconic horror villains in my mind. Yeah, maybe, maybe villains is a better word for this. Yeah, they're not in the top 10. And let me tell you that number one in the top 10 has 158 kills. Mm -hmm. Number 10 in the top 10 has 22 kills. I know the Wolfman, or no, uh, the, no, the Wolfman <laughs> might be in the top 10. Mummy, not in the top 10. I don't... Mummy's not in the top 10. I've never seen the Mummy kill anything. Killed my boner. Well, I never saw any of the Mummy movies that came uh, with Brendan Fraser. You never saw those? No, I never saw any those of them. a classic. Uh, some say. Well... But the Mummy with a Mummy in it? The Mummy, the guy that's all wrapped up in paper? Okay. I never saw him kill anybody and he moved too slow. He moved slower than a zombie and he I was, never said he was on the list. Yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm saying he, there's no way he's on the list. He moves slower than Brandon when he wakes up I, at 3 a.m. after falling asleep in the living room again. I don't think he can shuffle fast enough to get anybody. Yeah, you're right. What, what about Jigsaw, the Jigsaw killer from Saw? I didn't even see all the saws. You've seen all the saws. I haven't seen yeah, well, all the saws. This is what's interesting is that because of the nature of the movies, Jigsaw doesn't actually kill anybody with his own hands. Oh. Now, you could say that he sets up the, the scenes in, in which people die and are killed mm -hmm. because the whole point of Saw is that people make choices and they can survive if they want to bad enough. If they want to cut their hand off. Or their foot. But because he did not technically kill them on screen, he is not included. How about uh, Casper the Friendly Ghost? How many people did you see him kill on screen? I never saw him kill anybody and I'm unsure whether Casper is the ghost of a little boy that died or if in that world ghosts are born and he is a ghost that was born a baby from a ghost parents and has grown to do a ghost child. Well, what do you mean that world? They, he li they lives in our world. It's the same world. You know, he's not, you know, he's not fucking real, right? <laughs> no, but... He's fictional. Not every fucking movie is a fucking Marvel universe. Well, no, I don't mean... I know, I, I get what you're saying, but... Yeah, what is he? You know, I would say that he's a dead little boy except that he has three brothers too that are all assholes. Remember his brothers? Oh, uh, maybe their parents killed him. They should really dive into Casper's backstory on those children's films, huh? Isn't it kind of weird to make a movie about the ghost of a child? 
I mean, even the cartoon, like, what kids really identify with? What do they want to come and say, oh, fucking spooky ghosts? Speaking of spooky ghosts, remember our discussion last week on Robert the doll? Yeah. The world's most haunted doll? Yeah. He's a real doll. He lives in our world. Mm-hmm. But he also has a series of straight-to-DVD films. Do you think he made the top 10 here? No. Isn't there a Pinocchio horror movie? I don't know, but now I need to see it. I think there is. Or there's a Gingerbread Man horror movie. Although we talked about that in the taglines, right? I don't remember. I thought there was one where a Gingerbread Man was coming to like fuck you up or something. Yeah, we definitely talked about it. I don't remember it, I think the tagline was like, run, run as fast as you can. And if it <laughs> wasn't, that would be a great tagline for that horror movie. It would also be the most obvious tagline. But I came up with it. Hmm. And by the way, if you are looking for that worst movie taglines episode, you won't find it here on our main podcast feed. You got to go to patreon.com slash tennis pod to find that. We need to get into the list because I don't know that many that couldn't be on the list. I don't even know that I know 10 horror icons. You do. So, yeah, let's get in the top 10 guessing here. Give me a guess. And don't try to get number one right away, you asshole. I'm not trying to do that. Let's just get the, let's address the big white elephant in the room here. Wait, a white elephant is like a sail. What? White elephant is a phrase that refers to a type of sail or gift. Fine. The large regular colored elephant in the room Mm -hmm. and that is that it's probably not going to be hard to guess too many in this top 10 here. What will be hard is the order. Right. And also there are a few curveballs. I guarantee you there's at least three of these you will not guess easily. The other seven will be very easy. I anticipate curveballs for breakfast. I'm going to guess that Chucky is on the list at number six. I'm having an out-of-body experience right now. Is Chucky number six? He's number five. Well, why were you out of your body? I didn't get it right. Because that's damn close. You should have just... Too close for comfort. Stepped a toe out of your body for that. But it is pretty (laughs) close. Old Chucky is at number five with how many kills? I'm going to guess he has... You said 10 was how many? 22. 22 and number one is how many? 150? 158. 158. I'm going to guess Chucky has 56 kills. 45, jackass. Hey, I was pretty good. Why don't we start by you telling the folks at home, what is a Chucky? We did talk about Chucky recently. We did last episode, but give us the uh, Cliff Notes version. One sentence of what Chucky is. Chucky is children's plaything. Play doll. Okay. This is going poorly so far. That is possessed by the spirit of a serial killer and he comes alive, he can talk and he just wants to kill people. He wants to kill people who get in his way but he actually wants to get inside a new body so he can, I guess, kill more people. Yep. Uh, It's part of the Child's Play film franchise. He has killed 45 people on screen in those films as Chucky. The first film came out in 1988. And the most recent film came out this year in 2019. There's eight films there. The average kills per film is six. Now, uh, Chucky ought to get extra credit because he's extra little. It's so much harder to murder somebody. Like, Chucky is the size... But he's also indestructible. I don't care how indestructible you are. If you are 22 inches tall and I'm standing on a box, you better come up with some creative solutions to come at me because your days are numbered. Would he be waist level with you? Wait. He could come up with some creative solutions to get your guard down. No, if I was standing on a box? Oh. Yeah, I, as long as you're standing Is like, that as opposed to the soapbox you stand on every day? All right. <laughs> that was funny, right? <laughs> uh-huh. The highest grossing Chucky film at the box office is Bride of Chucky. It's because people thought they were going to see dolls have sex. And they should have just watched Team America. Well, they probably do. I have not seen Bride of Chucky, but I would not be surprised if they have some sex scenes in there. Let me tell you something though. Horror films like, you know, the new um, It, chapters one and two, the new ones. Mm-hmm. Those gross four to six hundred million at the box office, which is huge. That's like phenomenal for a horror film. Yeah. Given that, what would you say the highest grossing Child's Play film has grossed? Consider, this is a very successful, long-standing franchise that continues to this day. $40 million. Yeah, right around there. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That's a profit. Because you'd think Child's Play, like before I looked it up, I would have thought because he's so famous and well-known, but I guess you don't have to go see his movie to know who he is, huh? Yeah, it's probably like a $20 million movie. That means they made fucking $20 million on that shit. Not count, you know, out, outside of all the marketing costs and stuff. Yeah. We should be so lucky to hitch our carts or to hitch our court 
what do you, whatever we got to hitch to Chucky to make some money, mm-hmm. we ought to do that. Chucky, future guest co-host of the Tennis Podcast. Let me tell you a little more about Chucky. He's from Child's Play. The film mainly focuses on Chucky, voiced by Brad Dourif in the original films and Mark Hamill in the reboot. Did you know that? Yeah. I didn't know you knew that. Okay. Victoria's <laughs> serial killer. I did. Frequently escapes death by performing... <laughs> A voodoo ritual. <laughs> Have you ever heard the word voodoo where it wasn't funny? <laughs> no, I mean... Whenever whenever I hear someone... A voodoo ritual. <laughs> yeah. Is this... How many voodoo rituals do you perform in a day, Brandon? Just on average. Is voodoo tax exempt? What? As like a religion. Are you like... Oh, I see. You know what it, I mean? Voodoo is not a religion in and of itself though, right? It's a practice. Yeah, I don't know. But I'm just saying like, you know, like the Baptist church, the Mormon church, they don't pay taxes. Yeah. Voodoo people got to pay taxes? Did they go to a church? Is there a voodoo church? I don't know. You're asking a lot of questions right now. You brought up voodoo and now I'm wanting to know about it. No, sure. Is it because it rhymes with doo-doo? No, it's just any word. Forget doo-doo. Okay. Any word that has oo-oo <laughs> in I'm it. I'm never going to forget <laughs> doo-doo. <laughs> Fuck you for even suggesting that. Any word that has an oo-oo in it, regardless of the starting letter, could be boo-boo, mm-hmm. cuckoo. Choo-choo. They're all funny. And when someone talks about performing a voodoo ritual, I mean, it's kind of cute. Fru-fru. Well, anyway, the film series originally started as a straight horror film, advanced into psychological horror, and then it became a straightforward slasher film with elements of dark humor and then then eventually became... Became a political humor. Became satirical and campy. But the film was remade in 2019 and that was more of a straightforward horror film. The film used various ways to portray Chucky, including RC animatronics and little people <laughs> or child actors. Uh-huh. Can you... It'd be fucking creepy as hell to see the animatronic Chucky on set. I mean, I think it'd be creepier to see an adult <laughs> little person wearing like the little overalls and the wig. <laughs> that'd be... Even by little people standards, that'd be a little person to be able to pull that off. Uh, well, that's what I was just thinking. You know, Chucky is smaller than... I would assume most like little people actors. So, did they have to build like a slightly larger couch? You know what I mean? For them to run by in order to make it look right? You know what I'm talking about? Like in the Lord of the Rings, yeah. how they built things out of odd sizes? Because a little person is still way too big to be Chucky. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. We are in agreement on that, friend. Did you know that there was multiple animatronic dolls for Chucky? They had a flailing tantrum Chucky, a walking Chucky, and a stationary Chucky. That's all three types of baby moods. It's just like for you and I, I'm the walking Uh co-host and you're the stationary co-host. You're flailing. One more thing here that in the original script, Chucky was called Buddy, but we couldn't use it because of the My Buddy doll, which you... Took us on a very fascinating... You can't take their clothes off. Yeah. Gotta leave them on. Listen to our last episode for that. He's not that kind of buddy. Yeah. That is Chucky number five. Oh, that was a lot of notes about Chucky. 45 kills. If this is somebody's first episode. They know a shitload more about Chucky than they know about me. You're welcome, whoever that person is then. Let me make another bold guess here. Is Alien, the alien from the Alien movies, is she a horror icon? Yes. She's not in the top 10. Oh. Do you know her name? The Xenomorph. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. You're a smart guy sometimes. Uh, fucking all the time. No, just sometimes. Yeah, the Xenomorph and I knew it was a, a female but she is not in the top 10. Do you know how many people she killed? No, but I know she's got a hell of an ass. Oh, please. It's which, how many? She's got them all. That thing is nothing <laughs> but a, it looks like a bunch of black asses in a bug shape. No, a bug shape, really. It is pretty bug shaped. No, it's more like dog shaped, just with a bigger head. Well, it's kind of like a bug. By the way, I heard your Diet Dr. Pepper can hit the desk there. It's empty. I was looking for more. (laughs) I like how you have to amp yourself up even at fucking eight o'clock. Hey, I went to a concert last night. Sure. And I stayed out a little later than normal. 840. For those listening at home. For the, as opposed to fucking listening on Mars or some shit, it was Wilco and the audience for Wilco was definitely an old sleepy dad audience. There were a lot of people trying to make good time getting out at the end of the encore (laughs) (laughs) to get home and get in bed. So, sure. So, then you should be well rested. Mm -mm. So, 
Wilco. They're the one who sang Slim Shady, right? Yeah. All right. Give me another guess. Is Michael Myers in the top 10? Yeah. Where, where do you think he is? I think it's kind of low. Uh, or no, I'm, I guess high. I would say he is number eight. He's number two. Oh, shit. What has that little rascal been up to? He killed 14 people in Austin Powers 1. <laughs> Son of a bitch. 38 people in the cat in the hat. Okay. But Michael Myers. He killed them with laughter, right? Yeah. But by the way, Mike, Mike Myers, you don't see his ass anymore, do you? He hasn't done a film in like 10 years. Like, I'm thinking about Austin Powers right now, how fucking stupid it is. And that's what's making me laugh about it. Like, god damn, it's gotten so bad. It, it sucks so bad now. Like, looking back, how stupid those jokes are, they actually make me laugh harder now because of how bad they are. I need to watch those again. Michael Myers is number two. And did you know his kill count is 122% higher than number three? So, there is an enormous jump between the number three on the list and number two. So, number two is Michael Myers from which series, Brandon? Halloween. Halloween. He has 129 kills between his films in 1978 and 2018. That's 11 films with an average kill count per film of 12. Can I ask a question nope. about both Michael Myers, Chucky and anyone else on this list? Do you have any information about their preferred method of kill? That might have been a good idea. I feel like Chucky, I always see him with a knife in his hand. Yeah, Chucky is the knife. Both of these guys have killed by stab. Michael Myers is knife as well. For the most part, right? But uh, Yeah, he'll, he'll venture outside of that. He'll get, he'll get buck wild every once in a while. But it's never a gun because a gun isn't scary no. in a movie. No, it's, it's hella scary in real life. It's only cool in a movie. Yeah, but let's not get into that. So, yeah, Michael Myers is a knife guy and he kills an average of 12 people per film, which is a lot higher than uh, Chucky. His highest grossing film so far was the newest Halloween, the remake in 20, uh, reboot I should say in 2018. Mm -hmm. Do you want to know about Mike? Do you want to know about our pal Mike here? <laughs> yes. <laughs> what if I said no? Last time I read you a bunch of notes, you, you, there's a lot of notes. If someone listening to us for the first time. No, I just, <laughs> fucking, there's a lot of Chucky notes. But I do want to know about Michael Myers. I take hashtag Nick's notes seriously. I know. <sighs> the Halloween franchise. Remember when I said happy Halloween at the, at the top? Mm-hmm. Coming full circle here. The franchise primarily focuses on serial killer Michael Myers, who was committed to a sanitarium as a child for the murder of his sister, Judith Myers. Fifteen years later, he escapes to stalk and kill the people of the fictional town of Haddonfield, Illinois. Michael's killings occur on the holiday of Halloween, on which all the films primarily take place. Did you know one of my biggest problems with Michael Myers is that he's indestructible, pretty much. He's supposed to be just a human. So, I have seen the first Halloween and I have seen the more recent sequel or reboot, what, whatever it was. The newest one? Yeah. Okay. Reboot. But I have not seen the others. So, I don't know about his indestructibleness. And the, well, there's some of that in those. In what other ways has he survived attempted murder? I mean, I have not seen every film. I've seen like half of them but I have seen... Has he been shot? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm almost certain he's been shot and he's fallen off roofs. Wasn't he, uh, wasn't in the end of the last one, he was trapped in a cellar that was like burning up on fire? Oh, I don't know. Anyway, if people have seen these movies, they know that it's at least strongly implied that he cannot die and I don't like that. So, there you go. Hot take. The uh, highest grossing horror film franchise in the world, in fact, as of 2018, the films, although that was before uh, the new It Chapter 2. Films collectively have grossed over $620 million at the box office worldwide. Both the original film and the 2018 film that we were just talking about have received critical acclaim while all the other films have received much more negative reviews. Yeah, I only watch what the critics tell me to watch. Hopefully, no one that's listening to this listens to our critics. Did you know that the uh, original trademark mask worn by Michael Myers was a I William Shatner Halloween mask painted yeah. white? Which is why it's so creepy. And it was purchased for a buck ninety-eight. Tell the folks at home who have never seen Michael Myers, what's his mask look like? Um, it's just a plain white face with holes. This is great radio. Well, you asked me to just—you just described what it looked like, and then you asked me to describe it. You said it was William Shatner's face painted white. <laughs> so I'm like, but I don't it know. It doesn't look like William Shatner's face. It just looks like a face painted white. It looks like a white face. All right. It, well, how would you describe it? How? 
what way should I have described it that was more... I've done enough research and note taking yeah. and delivering on this episode so far. I feel, I don't feel a burden to you to do that. I was trying to get you to contribute a little bit here. <laughs> it's like you asked me, where do I get my ideas from? <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know how to describe <laughs> the thing that you just described in a different way. Let me uh, ask you this. You never saw the Rob Zombie Halloween films? No. I saw them both and I actually really like those but I feel like liking those is like liking Metallica's post-black album albums. What? Makes you like a poser or something? Yeah, I, I don't know what the word would be. Means but... you like crap? Yeah. Is the black album, the the stuff past the black album, is that everything past like... Uh, Inner Sandman. Sad But True and Inner Sandman? Yeah. Oh yeah, I guess that is kind of like the last stuff they did that I like. I prefer their stuff after that but a like diehard Metallica fan would tell you that that's when they sold out. You like him with short hair? <laughs> I prefer where he looked like the Cowardly Lion. That's the Black Album then. Yeah. Well, in the music video for Enter Sandman. It's where he looks exactly like the Cowardly Lion. (laughs) He really does. What's his name again? I can't forget. James Hatfield. Yeah, James Hatfield looks just like the Cowardly Lion. So, here, what what I was just talking about with uh, Mr. Myers being indestructible, here is John Carpenter, the creator, writer, director, talking about it. John Carpenter has described the character as almost a supernatural force, a force of nature, an evil force that's loose, a force that is unkillable. Nicholas Rogers, I don't know who that is, but he elaborates, Myers is depicted as a mythic, elusive boogeyman, one of the, one of superhuman strength who cannot be killed by bullets, stab wounds, or fire. Carpenter's inspiration for the evil that Michael would embody came when he was in college. While on a class trip at a mental institution in Kentucky, Carpenter visited the most serious mentally ill patients. Among those patients was a young boy around 12 to 13. The boy gave a schizophrenic stare, a real evil stare, Carpenter said which inspired some of the backstory of Michael Myers. What kind of class field trip was that? Oh, you didn't take it? My class field, yeah. My class field trip went to the sex store. Uh-huh. To the porn barn. <laughs> porn barn. Holy shit. Why has it always got to be a barn? You've never been to the porn barn? Uh, wait, is that the big shed in your backyard? No, on the on uh, I-35, just south <laughs> of the Oklahoma border or south of the Texas border. When you get into Texas where uh, porno uh, is legal, there's a big red barn. I swear to God, it's the biggest, it's one of the biggest buildings you will pass between Oklahoma City and Dallas. And it's a big red barn that says like triple X videos and big white letters on the roof on the side. And yeah, it's like as soon as you cross the border, you can load up on physical copies of pornography to take back across the border. So, last episode, I gave Earl's Party Supply a shout out. <laughs> shout out to the porn barn. Would you rather, if someone said, Brandon, mm-hmm. you have to be a prisoner in one place for the rest of your life. You can't leave no matter what. People will bring you food. You can be stuck in the porn barn. Okay. Or a trucker stop Denny's. Well, why wouldn't I want to be in the porn barn? I mean, a lot of the porn in there you don't want to see. Yeah, I but, have to believe. Well... I already know what the floor about of the Denny's is going to be like. I guess I'll take my chances <laughs> in the porn barn. The floor? Yeah, I'm hoping in the porn barn they have special rooms that you can go in to do filthy things. At Denny's, the filthy thing you do is eat just in the Denny's. <laughs> okay. Now, hang on. You're going to turn off all of our Denny's listeners. You got a lot of listeners from Denny's. A shout out to Denny's, sponsor of the show. Sponsor of today's show. Now, did I, did I give you too much Halloween notes, Brandon? Too much interesting educational knowledge? Too much of it? Like I did, Chucky? Never too much of a good thing. Well, my last note is that there's two more films planned for 2020 and 2021. More Halloween coming at you. Give me another guess. Is Pinhead in the top 10? He is. Pinhead's number four. I fucking knew it. Would you believe I've never, I, I've seen a lot of horror. If you've listened to this show for a while, you probably, no surprise, I'm a big horror fan. I've actually never seen a Pinhead film. You haven't raised hell yet? I've seen the first Hellraiser when I was a kid. Of course you did. And I remember nothing about it. I would love to revisit the Hellraiser series. We should do that. We should watch the Hellraiser series and review each Hellraiser on Patreon. Well, out of every film we've ever talked about, this is the one that you're getting amped up to do that with? Yeah, Pinhead, the Hellraiser series. We've spent the last two episodes talking about Chucky. 
Never did it cross your mind to do that for that, but for Hellraiser, you're all in. Yeah. Pinhead is from the Hellraiser series. How many kills do you think? Um, More or fewer kills than the amount of hot dogs you've eaten in the Atlanta airport? 56. Okay. This is less than the number of hot dogs in the Atlanta airport. Does he have 56 kills? 50 kills between nine films for a per film average of six kills. His first film was in 1987. His last was in 2018. His last film didn't even gross a million dollars, by the way. Do you want me to tell you about Hellraiser or do you feel like you know all you need to know? Yeah, you got to tell us about Pinhead. Tell the folks at home what is a Pinhead. I haven't described him yet, so you can't use that as an excuse. Pinhead is a Cenobite. I can't remember what a Cenobite is. It's some kind of... Formerly humans transformed into creatures which reside in an extra dimensional realm. Yeah, he's kind of like... I mean, he's a horror icon. He's just an evil dickhead. He looks fucked up. He's scary. He does shitty things. He has a bunch of pin needles coming out of his head. Yeah, he's got a bunch of pins sticking out of his head. And he uses hooks and chains that he can like summon and rip you apart. He's really strong. You can't shoot him. Says that while the character began as an immoral entity blindly devoted to the practice of experimental sadomasochism, later depictions have portrayed him as an explicitly evil and even demonic in origin because the whole point of the film series is that these Cenobites come to Earth to do sadistic experiments on humans. He's just a naughty boy. He can't help it. Naughty boy. He's bad at the bone. But he was born that way. Is it nature or nurture, Brandon? With Pinhead? With Pinhead. I'm going to take a guess that he wasn't born with a couple dozen pins sticking out of his head. Nope. Um, I'm going to go with nurture. Yeah. I did a Google image search for pinhead and it took uh, nine images until there was a sexy pinhead. Oh, God. What's the sexy pinhead doing? It's just pinhead with with like a nice body and kind of banging boobs. (laughs) Banging boobs. Uh, What is pinhead's murder weapon of choice? It's like hooks and chains and shit like that. Wait, are you describing the concert you went to last night or (laughs) Pinhead's murder? If you knew how (laughs) not metal Wilco is. Okay. Yeah. Well, I did like Slim Shady. This is uh, from Wikipedia. It says, the character's appearance in 1987's Hellraiser marked a significant departure from the standard 80s depiction of horror film villains like Freddy, Jason, and Mike Myers, who tended to either be completely mute or provide glib commentary while killing their victims. Rather, Pinhead was depicted as quiet yet articulate and intelligent, drawing influences from classical cinematic depictions of Count Dracula. Yeah. He was once a human, a regular person named Elliot Spencer. Doesn't sound quite as intimidating as Pinhead. Uh, I was going to say, that sounds like the name of some guy that you could just push over if you... He came up to you and he was like, I'm going to take your soul. You'd be like, shut up, Elliot. Yeah, a real sidekick podcast host, you might say. Uh-huh. Upon asking uh, writer Clive Barker how he should play Pinhead, Barker told him to, quote, think of him as a cross between an administrator and a surgeon who's responsible for running a hospital where there are no wards, only operating theaters, as well as being the man who wields the knife. He's the man who has to keep the timetable going. Pinhead. That doesn't sound too scary. Yeah. I'm sure you'd be just fine if you ran into Pinhead. You got some guessing to do. We're just going to sit here all night? Oh, well, I didn't know. (laughs) Jesus Christ, I didn't know you were done talking about Pinhead. Yeah, let's see. How about Leatherface? Leatherface. Now, you have Michael Myers number two. You have Pinhead number four. You have Chucky number five. Yeah. Where would you guess Leatherface is? Number six. Nine. Barely, he slid by. You didn't think I was going to get Leatherface, did you? I'd be surprised if you didn't get Leatherface. How many kills does the Leatherface have? 31. He's from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre series. First film in 1974. He actually predates Michael Myers in Halloween. The most recent film was 2017. There's eight films and an average kill count per film of four, the lowest yet. And the highest grossing film is the Jessica Biel version in 2003. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre film franchise focuses on serial killer Leatherface and his psychotic family who terrorize unsuspecting visitors to their territories in the desolate Texas countryside, typically killing and cannibalizing them. The film's most notable character, Leatherface, is one of the most well-known villains in cinema history, notable for his masks made of human skin, his blood-soaked butcher's apron, and the chainsaw he wields. Wouldn't it be uncomfortable to walk around in a blood-soaked apron at all times? 
I mean, I would guess this, the mask made of human skin was no picnic either. Well, but he's used to that. Although the film is marketed as a true story, it does not depict actual events and is instead uh, inspired by notorious killer Ed Gein who acted alone and did not use a chainsaw. How, how do movies get away with that where they say something is true? I mean, I, get, I think that's actually pretty awesome. They're like, how do we make this even scarier? I don't know. At the beginning, just say it's true. <laughs> well, what a great like simple marketing decision. Just say it's fucking true. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, Paranormal Activity Blair Witch used similar, although those claim to be like documentary style. A new film and TV series are planned. And uh, in the original film, Leatherface wore three different masks, the killing mask, the old lady mask, and the pretty woman mask. And I thought this was actually very cool. The reason he wore a mask was that the mask really determined his personality. Who he wanted to be that day determined what mask he put on. So, when wearing an apron and carrying a wooden spoon, he wants to be domestic, helpful in the kitchen. At dinner, he wears a different face, the pretty woman, which has makeup. Pretty woman outfit consists of a female wig and a black suit as Leatherface is, quote, dressing up for dinner. And the killing mask is the skin mask he wears while chasing and murdering captives. The idea of the mask is that there is no personality under the mask. When they created the character, they said he has to put the masks on to express himself because he can't do it without the masks. I mean, I thought it was scarier when he was just crazy. <laughs> scarier maybe, but it's more tragic and deep and interesting that this man has no personality. He has to wear a mask. What would it be like if everyday humans, normal people like me, not you. Is this going to be about peanut butter? <laughs> I can, hey, I can make it happen if you want. Nope. I was going to say that if we had to wear masks, like instead of being able to frown or smile or laugh, you have to put on the mask for each occasion. So, you'd be flipping through masks like as fast as people can text no. these days, mm -mm. like looking down at their phone and just texting like a million. I would just pick one like my, <laughs> on the Nintendo Switch, I got a, a little me built uh -huh. and it doesn't matter what, if I get a haircut, if I trim my beard, if I wear glasses, doesn't matter what I'm looking like, that me staying the same forever, I would pick one emoji. And that's me. Would you change the emoji on your wedding day or when your kids are born? Same emoji. I, um, I would do... I mean, hold on. Let me look at my emojis. I'll tell you if I had to pick one emoji face. They're not emojis though. That You're running with yeah, the emoji that's thing. That's me. I'm picking... Well, they're very expressive. Let me pick one and see which one I'd stick with forever. <laughs> Everybody who has the, the emojis, if you scroll over to the little animal section. It starts showing you animals, it shows you fish and they're all color coded and it shows you plants. You get to the sun and the moon. The moon, the first moon that's a little, no. little smugly, smiling, sweet little moon face. That's me you, for the rest of my of life. You son of a bitch. You can't do that one. You have to have a human face. That is a human face. It's very <laughs> round and sweet. You can't be that moon face. It's too cute and it's too smug. Can't do it. It's just not you. Oh, well, then I'm going to pick. There's an emoji that's just like two dots for eyes and a straight mouth. <laughs> yeah, I'll just do that. Just give me that one. I bet if you like had picked out a, if you were picking them out and they cost money, that would be the cheapest one. There's one that has two like wide eyes but then no mouth. <laughs> that's mine. <laughs> that's Leatherface number nine. All right. I got some bad news here. I'm running out of horror icons that I know. How about the leprechaun? I cannot believe you guessed the leprechaun. Well, it was a long shot. I just wrote him it's down a number, moment ago. Yeah. What number do you think he is? Is he number eight? He's three. Holy shit. The leprechaun has more kills than Leatherface, Chucky, and Pinhead. The, le the leprechaun is number three with 58 kills. Between eight films for an average kill count per film of seven. Two of the five are smaller than like the little rascals. Well, then that should make you think twice about your judgment of their size. It should like be, even... make me fucking scared of my kids. Did you know that of the eight Leprechaun films, they have an <laughs> well, average... Hold on a minute. What? You got to give me a minute to digest the fact that there are eight <laughs> Leprechaun films. Please, do you have the name... Of every one of the Leprechaun films. Give me one No, second. I'm doing that. That's me. I get to do that. Okay. 
Leprechaun. Well, while you're looking that up, I'm going to give the people... Yeah, explain to the folks at home who's the Leprechaun. <laughs> He's from the Leprechaun film series. Yeah. Eight films between 1983 and 2018. The series centers on a malevolent and murderous Leprechaun <laughs> named named Lubdun or Lubdan, Lubdan, although he never reveals his name who, when his gold is taken from him, resorts to any means necessary to reclaim it. <laughs> kind of like you when your Diet Dr. Pepper is stolen. By any means necessary. So, I'm going to tell you all the different places Leprechaun has gone. So, the first one is the Leprechaun, just called Leprechaun. The tagline is, your luck just ran out. That's good. That's a good tagline. A Leprechaun 2. Leprechaun 3 is Leprechaun 3 in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Leprechaun 4 is Leprechaun in the Hood. Yeah. That's got iced tea in it. A leprechaun Back to the Hood. Yeah. Is the one after that. Uh, then there's Leprechaun Origins. And then the most recent one, last year, 2018's Leprechaun Returns. Is that worth it? No. Did you want to go through all that again or are you... But there was one where he goes to space. No, I know. Where is it? Leprechaun 4 in space. In Leprechaun 4, he goes to space. What's wrong with that? And there's someone else in this top 10 that goes to space too. Well, uh, yeah, I know that one. But what's... So, you just it. went through the eight films there. Did you know that those eight films have an average Rotten Tomato critic score of 14% and in fact, four out of the eight films have a 0%. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Well, just listen. So, I looked at Leprechaun 4 in space and this came out in 1997 and the first sentences of the plot are this. In 2096 on a remote planet, the Leprechaun attempts to court a princess named Zarina. And I haven't finished that sentence yet and you already want to give up, right? Hell no, I want to keep going. In a nefarious plot to become king of her home planet. Actually, I'm really into this right now. The two agree to marry. This chick's going to fuck the leprechaun with each partner planning to kill the other after the wedding night in order to enjoy the marriage benefits. A peerage for the leprechaun, the leprechaun's gold and jewels for the princess. Well, <laughs> And then space marines arrive and I also see, unbeknownst to Kowalski, the leprechaun's spirit travels up his urine stream and into his penis where his presence manifests as gonorrhea. I think I want to watch The Leprechaun 4 in space. I think we're going to do a live watch along on Patreon. Holy fuck. And uh, the, I just saw the last line of the movie about what happens. I'm going to watch this movie. It looks like dog shit and I can't wait to see it. Well, report back when you... I don't know if I have the willpower I don't know. <laughs> to sit there. I don't know where I'm going to fucking find it. Oh, it's out there. I got to find a blockbuster before I can find Leprechaun 4 in space. Well, get your head out of the clouds, Brandon, and come back down to Earth, your home planet, to give me another guess. The Candyman. No. Good guess, though. Let me tell you uh, some other heavy hitters who are not in the top 10. Uh, wait, is Dracula in the top 10? No. Okay. No Dracula, no Hannibal Lecter, no Demon from Paranormal Activity, no Blair Witch, no Pennywise or It, no Predator. And no Norman Bates from Psycho. I'm in some trouble because I've got two more on my personal list here. I bet I know what they are too. Well, yeah, I think they're the first two that anybody would think of. So, but there's four spots left. No, five. Yep. You're going to have to get creative. So, well, should I just get these other two out of the way or yeah, not? Yeah, let's do those. Well, I don't know which one is number one, but I think number one is Jason. Is number one Jason Voorhees? Jason Voorhees from Accounting is number one with 158 kills. He also has the most films in the top 10 with 12 and 13 kills on average per film between 1981 and 2009. Isn't it weird that there hasn't been a Jason film in 10 years? I'm sure we're due for one anytime now. Do you take Jason or Michael? I don't know. I haven't seen very many of either of them. Like which one do I think is cooler or creepier or scarier? Yeah. Just overall, which one's better? Um, which one do you think I think is better? I think you think Michael Myers is cooler. I probably agree just because he's like a human who's held in a psych ward and I think Jason is a, maybe a little bit more supernatural at this point. But Jason does have a pretty badass mask 
Jason is my preference. Oh, and he doesn't he look all fucked up under his mask? Yeah, yeah. I have notes about that. So, Jason Voorhees is number one. He is the killer that wears the hockey mask. And in fact, Wikipedia says that Jason's hockey mask has become one of the most recognizable images in pop culture. I have one in this office right now. The franchise mainly focuses on the fictional character Jason Voorhees who drowned as a boy at Camp Crystal Lake due to negligence of the camp staff who were doing it. Decades later, the lake is rumored to be cursed and is the setting of a series of mass murders. One thing I like about Jason over Mike Myers, Michael Myers, Jason, we know what he is from the beginning. He is back from the dead to kill people, right? He's a zombie, essentially. Whereas Michael Myers kind of flip-flops between a regular person and supernatural. That's so, but that's just preference for me. You like the stage set. You like it to be, let's just be consistent. I like to follow the rules. What triggers him about like what sets his sights on someone to kill them? It's his mother. His mother blames the camp staff for neglecting. Right. In that one. I'm... Have you seen any of the like the other fucking 11 Jason movies? I've seen probably half of them. Okay. So, in the other ones, for instance, did you see the one where he went to space? Uh, no, I actually Ah, haven't. damn it. Okay. Well, so, in the other ones you've seen. He just kills. But he's not killing people at that camp, right? He's killing people in other places? Yeah. So, why is he killing those people? Is he just still on a killing spree? Just whoever? He's just on a killing spree, yeah. It's revenge driven. I mean, I think there are little subplots in some of those that I've just kind of forgotten, but they're like, they're very like flimsy. They should make a Jason reboot where he has reformed and he has, he's wearing a different mask. He's wearing, what kind of mask would say like, I'm nice and I'm blending into society? Donald Trump mask. Don't think that's going to do it. How about the emoji, you, the moon face emoji? Uh, How about a poop emoji? Those are characters. Okay. (laughs) So, here's my idea, my pitch for the new Jason reboot. Haven't had one in 10 years. We're due for one, right? Uh Uh-huh. And I'd say Jason has retired from murdering and he wears a different mask. It's a poop emoji mask and he is trying to put on a happy face and blend into society and be the happy person that everyone wants him to be. But inside, he still feels the anger and the rage. Eventually, it comes out when someone like, Oh, he door dashes and they leave something out of his order, but he can't tell the DoorDash delivery person. You have to actually you have to actually contact DoorDash and you get a credit for it, which doesn't help you in the moment. Holy shit, are you just going into like a moment you had last week or something? Listen, it doesn't help you in the moment because you don't have the food. You just get a credit for DoorDash and Jason fucking loses it. He takes that poop emoji mask off his head and he throws the hockey mask on. Well, don't people think it's weird that there's a giant seven-foot man wearing a poop emoji mask walking around? Yeah, I mean, this is like a first draft. (laughs) No one bats an eye at that. And is he wearing normal clothes? He's still wearing his like fucked up dirty coveralls. I I think people know something's up. I'll work on a new draft. Yeah. But did you know that there is a new Jason film in the works and it's going to be a sequel to Jason Lives Part 6 and it's going to ignore all the other films after that? And so, there's been like six movies after that that are going to be disregarded in this lineage, which is an odd choice. They're going to strip away the honor that comes with having been to space. He's no longer an astronaut. <laughs> well, that is interesting that Jason can... How the fuck did he get to space? <laughs> I was just wondering that. There's got to be... Well, I think Jason has done some time traveling too, if I'm not mistaken. It, the whole purpose of all the this adventuring from space to the past to the future is just to find more people to kill. <laughs> yes. And he's only made it to 158 so far. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you mentioned that he's disfigured under the mask. Yeah. When the script was initially wrote, Jason was a normal looking child because he died when he was a child. But the crew behind the film decided he needed to be deformed. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Explained Jason was not meant to be a creature from the Black Lagoon in his script and scripted Jason as a mentally disabled young boy. What's weird is that Jason dies as a kid but he murders as an adult. So, he like continued to grow <laughs> into a man. Uh, oh, he looks unpleasant. His real yeah. face, like when he was a boy. Yeah, imagine being the DoorDash delivery guy when the poop emoji mask comes off. <laughs> I added a tip on here. <laughs> Thank you. So, you said you had one other guest that we both know is probably in here. So, once you get that over with. His name is 
Frederick Krueger. <laughs> Frederick. That really changes the dynamic of, of the Freddy Krueger with a bow tie. <laughs> Freddy Krueger's number seven with 42 kills. He's had nine films, almost as many as Jason, but what is that? Less than a third of the kills? Uh, an average per film kills of five. How many total did you say? I'm sorry. 42 for Freddy versus 158 for Jason. Yeah. How did they even put those two toe to toe? Yeah. And, uh, that's another one I want. Some of these I just have not seen in so long. I just can't remember. But I did see Freddy versus Jason. Do you don't remember who won? Like, was it a draw? I remember that Freddy was the villain and that, and that Jason was like the sympathetic one. The lawful evil. Well, it's because Freddy is like cunning and smart and evil and intelligent and Jason is like mentally... A mentally challenged, deformed... Like he can't communicate, he can't reason or comprehend, he just kills because it's all he knows. So, Freddy like you takes advantage of him, I believe. Anyway, uh, Freddy's from A Nightmare on Elm Street. How would you describe Freddy's physical appearance to the listeners at home, the folks at home? How would you describe him? Uh, let me Google a picture of old Freddy real quick. Frederick. Jeez Louise. He actually borders on cheesy to me sometimes. I was going to say, well, actually I think he looks literally cheesy. He's supposed to look like he was burned and scarred, but he also kind of reminds me of a pizza with very melty cheese on it. Maybe you can see some of the sauce under the cheese peeking out from some of the stretchy, melty cheese. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say like kind of fucked up and wrinkly. He also looks like if you had a face made out of scrotum. Okay. I think you, you're you done. Uh, he also uh, has... A fedora. So he dir- yeah, he has a fedora. Indiana Jones. A dirty red and green striped sweater. And trademark metal clawed brown leather glove on his right hand only. Yeah. Robert Englund, who plays Freddy in uh, I think all but the most recent film, has said many times that he feels Freddy represents neglect, particularly that suffered by children. Because the whole uh, point of Freddy, the series, is about Freddy Krueger, a former child killer who, after being burned alive by the vengeful parents of his victims, returns from the grave to terrorize and kill the teenage residents of Springwood, Ohio, in their dreams. Kind of a dickhead. Yeah. And did you know that um, Freddy Krueger was inspired by some uh, real-life experiences from Wes Craven, the filmmaker? He said that um, basis of the film was inspired by several newspaper articles in the, se- in the LA Times in the 70s about Southeast Asian refugees who, after fleeing to the US because of war and genocide, suffered disturbing nightmares and refused to sleep. Some of them died soon after. And the medical authorities called the phenomenon Asian death syndrome. So, that inspired Wes Craven to create this character. And one night, Craven, as a young man, saw an elderly man walking on the sidewalk outside the window of his home. The man stopped to glance at him through the window and walked off. And apparently, that image of the man stuck with Craven to such a degree that Freddy's mannerisms are modeled after um, his memory of that man. Whoa. So, doesn't Freddy Krueger move? He moves kind of weird. I don't know how to describe it. To think about a real person moving around like that? Sensually? I was going to say kind of cat-like. He sort of saunters around and scrapes his knifey hands against things. Knifey hands, yeah. Did you see the Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, the newer version, the reboot? Yeah, I did. Yeah. His face is more of a burn victim face in that. Ugh, as it's, po- it's really creepy. In uh, the original Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy has all of his facial features still, despite the burned face. But in the new one, his face, you know, I think he doesn't have a nose. Am I right there? I'm trying to find one too. He's missing his ears, his nose, he doesn't have. Yeah. When you think of a burn victim like in the hospital in the real world, he kind of has those sorts of features. Uh, No eyebrows, no lips. Whereas the original Freddy in all the other films does have that stuff, I think. Yeah, pretty much. Well, I guess another one I've got to check out. Because he looks really, really creepy. Did you know that Freddy was uh, originally written to be a child molester? Yeah. And I, I think that may have been touched on in the most recent film. Yeah, uh, but that's why the parents hunted him down and right. burned him in that boiler room. Craven eventually changed it to be a child murder in the original films because uh, he didn't want to be accused of exploiting some of the real life child molestation cases happening in California around the time of the film. 
That's kind of a smart, I mean, yeah, yeah, good move, Wes. Wes Craven, listener of the show. Wes Craven sounds like, I mean, not just because of that, obviously because of lots of other things, but Wes Craven sounds like a pretty cool dude. Same thing to John Carpenter. Yeah, you should come over next time I have him over for my poker night. So, according to Craven, my last note here, Freddy stands for the worst of parenthood and adulthood, the dirty old man, the nasty father, and the adult who wants children to die rather than help them prosper. He's the boogeyman and the worst fear of children, the adult that's out to get them. Ooh. So, now you're down to how many left? Three? I've got three. Do you have any guesses at all? Because I think you're going to need some help. Yeah, I'm going to need help. Two of these three are extremely well-known, like instantly recognizable film icons, not just horror, but film. One of these you you would never guess. So, I'll just have to give you some... So, let's start with um, those two more well-known ones. Think about very influential horror films in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Kind of genre-defining. Oh, that uh, the ghost from the ghost face from Scream. Ghost face from Scream is number eight. That's kind of bullshit since it's all different people, right? I'll call Ranker and let him know. Well, I can see both sides because on one hand, it's the same like brand killing everybody. Yeah, you got to have a way to tie all the movies together. Yeah. So, yeah, ghost face is number eight. He's killed. Uh, I, I was well, able to guess it. You were, but thanks to my hint. I think that's more... A reflection on my excellent hint giving. And my very and good... guiding. My very good brain. I think you were just the uh, lucky, fortunate bystander of my very good hints. But I also just read the na- the word scream because I looked up Wes Craven. Oh, I should have led with that. Because I remembered, I was like, what, were the, what was the other big popular thing that he did? I mean, he's done several things, but scream and Nightmare on Elm Street were the, the top things. Yeah. 34 kills between four movies. Uh, what I think that's the l- fewest number of films in this top 10 for a franchise. Four films between 96 and 2011. Average kill count of nine per film, which is actually higher than... It's like the third highest in the top 10. Mm-hmm. The original Scream is the highest grossing by far and it's also a um, hugely successful film. It follows Sydney Prescott and her war against the succession of murderers who adopt the guise of Ghostface to stalk and torment their victims. Sydney receives support in the films from town deputy Dewey Riley, reporter Gail Weathers, and film geek Randy Meeks. Ghostface is that really spooky uh, white ghost mask with the wide open mouth, mm-hmm. black hood. The series, the particularly the first two films, have received significant critical acclaim. It's been credited with revitalizing the horror genre in the late 90s by combining a traditional slasher film with humor, awareness of horror film cliches, and a clever plot. Scream was one of the highest grossing films of 96 and became the highest grossing slasher film in the world until 2018's Halloween. Scream. I only saw the first one. I saw the second one too and I shouldn't have. Scream is one of those where like, it's just a matter of time before that's rebooted, right? Oh, yeah, probably. We're getting close. It's been more than 20 years. It's, we're overdue now. Yeah. I wonder what percentage, if someone out there had this information of like the percentage of new films today that are completely original versus a remake or an a- adaptation, I wonder what that percentage would be. Is, uh, whatever it is, it's disappointing. I mean, think about all these. All these people on this um, top 10 so far, if I'm remembering correctly, they're all original characters um, that originated with the first film of each franchise. Yeah. You know, compare that to today where most films are either an adapted from a book or a remake or a reboot. Anyway, you got two left. So, the other one that is highly recognizable is I'd say borderline horror. Uh Uh-oh. Well, I mean, this guy definitely kills a bunch of people. So, I mean, in that sense, it's a horror film but it's also a classic film. From the 70s, first one's in the 70s. Hmm, okay, hold on. Is it the shark from Jaws? It's Jaws, the shark. Would you consider that a horror film? No, but it is what it is. I guess killing 22 innocent people isn't enough for you. That's just, that's just every day, like no big I mean, deal to you? Is anybody really innocent? Jaws, the shark, his name's actually Bruce, mm-hmm. has killed 22 people between four films 1975 to 1987. Talk about being due for a sequel or a remake. 1987 was the last time the Jaws franchise was touched. Average of six kills per film. Dude, there's never going to be a Jaws reboot. Look how far we've moved on 
from the idea of a shark coming up and biting people on a boat. We've had sharks in a fucking tornado. No, sharks were the tornado. Yeah. <laughs> we're never going back to Jaws. The genie is out of the bottle. There is no way that Jaws doesn't get a remake at oh. some point. And I'm not saying I support it. He'll, I'm just saying it'll that- It'll be like a nuclear Jaws or something. We've gone too far. No, because the whole point of Jaws is not- I even have a note about this. I'll re- Let me read this note. It's from uh, Wikipedia. It's, it's based on what Spielberg has said, Steven Spielberg. Uh, Jaws had a troubled production going over budget and past schedule. As the art department's mechanical sharks often malfunctioned, Spielberg decided to mostly suggest the shark's presence, employing an ominous and minimalistic theme created by composer John Williams to indicate its impending appearances. Spielberg and others have compared the suggestive approach to that of thriller director Alfred Hitchcock. Now, I read that to say, one, it's interesting, but two, Jaws is not about the action of the shark. Right. And like seeing the... It's, it's all about the suspense and the the mood of everything. I think it could be remade. Yeah, I guess that is a good point because one of the scariest, uh, scariest, one of the best horror movies I've seen in the last few years was The Witch. Love that movie, yeah. And it was scary. There was barely any fucking witch in it. No witch in it. I wish I had barely any witch in my own house. Am I right? Am I right, guys? Yikes. So, Jaws, it's about a big old mean, grumpy, great white shark and its attacks on people in the US. The Brody family is featured in all the films as the primary antithesis to the shark. The original film was based on a novel written by Peter Benchley or Benkley. Benchley. So, I guess that goes against what I said like five minutes ago about, you know, Jaws wasn't an original film. The first film was regarded as a watershed film in motion picture history. It became the father of the summer blockbuster movies and one of the first, quote, high concept films. What's a high concept film, Brandon? You were a film student for a bit. I'm not sure. Let's look that shit up. Okay. Film expert Brandon Kaufman, sidekick coaxed to the Tennis Podcast, look, offering his wisdom to do a Google search in real time. Emphasis on a striking and easily communicable idea. So, it is. Shark attacks people. Wouldn't that be a low concept? Because it's like... It can be contrasted with low concept, which is much more concerned with character development and other subtleties that are not easily summarized. So, the Tennis Podcast would be a high concept because you could easily summarize our show to anybody. Yeah. High concept ideas such as, what if we could clone dinosaurs? Jurassic Park. Okay. What if the rock jumped off of tall buildings? <laughs> Skyscraper. What yeah. if the rock went to the jungle? Wow, now Jumanji. you're just picking on The Rock now. Well, I, The Rock has starred in like, a, like two summer blockbusters every year for the last several years. Tennis patron, The Rock. You just have number six now. I'm going to give you some hints, see if you get it. Let me think a minute here. I mean... Okay, you will not get it. I would not get it. Dinosaurs from the Jurassic Park movies. No. Snakes from the Snake on a Plane. Snakes <laughs> on a Plane. <laughs> no. You ready for some hints or do you want to keep wasting everybody's time? Need a hint. Okay. The first of these films came out in 2000. The most recent was 2011. There's five films. They're all rated R. Final Destination. Yes. How did you get that? Did you... What gave it away? When you said it, there's been five of them. They started in the year 2000. I thought like, whatever this is, it has to be something that's technically bullshit because it's not (laughs) obvious. I've never seen a Final Destination movie. Like, I know what they are about. I saw the first one. Final Destination. Do you want to know the name of the horror villain? Well, yeah. What do they call it? Fate? Death. Oh, please. Death killed 45 horny young adults in five films. (laughs) Hey, Ranker. Death kills everybody. Uh, Well, I mean, this death actively seeks out these people because the films center around a small group of people who escape impending death when one individual has a sudden premonition and warns them that they will all die in a terrible mass casualty accident. I think there's an airplane crash in one. After avoiding their foretold deaths, the survivors are killed one by one in bizarre accidents caused by an unseen force creating complicated chains of cause and effect uh, and then uh, they all die. Their final destination is death, is heaven. The series is noteworthy among other films in the horror genre in that the antagonist is not a stereotypical slasher or other physical being but death personified, subtly manipulating circumstances in the environment with a design on claiming anyone who escapes their fated demise. I mean, I realize you do not originate this list but you agree, death is a little bit bullshit, right? Yes and no because- It didn't stop me from uh, nailing that guess. Again, a product of Nick's superior hint 
giving skills. Uh-huh. Death is a bit bullshit because it's death, but it is true that there is an unseen force in the films, you know, the same force causing the deaths of all these people, so I can see both sides. But anyway, that's, uh, and, and uh, we we're talking about reboots. There is a Final Destination reboot planned. No release date yet. I just don't get it. Like who, I feel like the people who were probably really into the Final Destination movies have moved on by now. They're all really successful, believe it or not, box office wise. I guess it is kind of fun to be like, all right, I see that truck going down the road with those giant logs on it and I know it's going to smash that guy. Here we go. I know it's coming. Let's. See how they pull it off. Is that the fun behind it? The crazy messed up kills? Isn't that the fun behind all these pretty much? Let's go back through the top 10, shall we? Okay. Number 10 is Jaws Number oh, with 22 kills. Number 9 is Leatherface with 31 kills. Number 8 is Ghostface from Scream with 34 kills. Number 7 is Freddy Krueger with 42 kills. Number 6 is Death from Final Destination with 45 kills. Number 5 is Chucky with 45 kills. Number 4 is Pinhead from Hellraiser with 50 kills. Number 3 is The Leprechaun with 58 kills and you go from 58 all the way up to 129 kills with Michael Myers at number 2. And number 1, friend of the show, Jason Voorhees, 158 kills. Everyone give Brandon a round of applause, but mostly give Nick a round of applause for his uh, very special hint providing talents. They need to give uh, Jason and Michael a movie where they face off against each other. Is it a different film studio maybe? Yeah, but we can get Spider-Man in a Marvel movie. Who, who wins, Jason or Michael? I'll tell you, Michael uh, opens a shirt, shows him the, the hairy chest. And then says, yeah, baby, yeah. <laughs> Do I make you horny, baby? <laughs> and Jason Voorhees takes the uh, chainsaw to his own neck and it's over. Uh, it's a machete, in fact. He's, I've seen him with the chainsaw too, haven't I? Okay, but a machete is definitely his That's go-to. That's his, his thing. Yeah, he machetes his head off. He jerks off the machete first. Well, I wanted to ask you to close us out here. Who in this top 10... If you had to convince them to give you a chance and be your friend before they kill you, like they're about to kill you and you say, wait, 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 wait. Who do you think you could talk your way out of being killed with easiest? Who would you have the best chance at doing that with? Is it the shark from Jaws? The leprechaun. Why? Because you both have so much in common? <laughs> no, because, well, for starters, if he started giving me shit, I think I could take him out of all these no he's killed 58 people it's not like he can't kill you he's killed 58 people in horror movies and but they're always you... up to they're always up to shenanigans i'm gonna be fucking on red alert when that little guy rolls up you don't know the environment with which you're going to run into the leprechaun i don't it doesn't matter where he pops up he looks his face is so awful to look upon. As soon as I see him, every hair on the back of my neck and my arms is going to stand up. I'm going to go into fight or flight mode. Uh, but yeah, at first if I have to convince him, is he like Rumpelstiltskin? Can I give him something? <laughs> God damn, you and Rumpelstiltskin. You know, I haven't heard Rumpelstiltskin in 20 fucking years until I did this podcast and now I've heard it four or five times from your ass. Well, we're thinking about a little impish guy with a silly name. <laughs> Rumpelstiltskin. Who's coming around asking stuff. I feel like doesn't the leprechaun just want gold or is he afraid you're going to get his gold? His gold was taken, remember? Oh, he's looking for gold. Well, at least in the first film, that's what happened. His gold was taken and he wants it back by any means necessary. Whatever. I could punt that little fucker over the fence. Okay, but let's say it's not about physical. It's about emotionally. Who do Sensual? Who do you think you could talk your way out? Of, like, who's the most reasonable here in this top 10? I'll tell you mine, it's pretty easy. You're not going to talk your way out of anything with Jason or Michael Myers. No. They're two psychopaths. I don't know enough about the leprechaun but it doesn't- Probably not Pinhead. Pinhead, no, absolutely not. Chucky, could, I think Chucky is a little more willing to- If you said Chucky, you can hump this cabbage patch, he'd let you go. Chucky's willing to negotiate because Chucky is motivated by greed and lust <laughs> as well. He is. I know. He's a baby doll but he is. He's a cabbage patch who wants to like gamble and hump. So, Chucky's a maybe. Uh, you're not going to talk your way out with death. The scream guy. 
Freddy Krueger the Scream guy was where I was going next because that's a person. Yeah. You might have a shot there. It's Skeet Ulrich. Huh? The guy who played him, the ghost face in the um, first Scream is a guy named Skeet. You can talk to a guy named Skeet. You can convince a guy named Skeet of almost anything. Yeah. So, it's uh, it's old Skeet, Ghostface or it's Chucky that I think you have the best chance and I'm going to go uh, probably Skeet, right? Although Skeet was a, he was mean so who knows. I bet if you traded Chucky like, I don't know, if he was going to kill you, you're like, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'll give you an ACDC album or like... <laughs> Or like, I got some cold pizza. I think for a very small gift, I think you could probably get out of Dutch with Chucky. Get out of Dutch. Well, we did it. The top 10. Yeah, what are you going to call this? Yeah, I got to think about that. But top 10 horror movie villains with the highest kill counts. We can all take a deep breath now. Come on, do it with me now. We have made it through Spooktober. Next week, Brandon, you have the list and you got to do something the complete opposite of spooky. You got to do something happy because I remember the last time we ended Spooktober a year ago, the very next episode you did was on dogs. So, we need something kind of like that to cleanse the palate here, right? Yeah, I'll just do that same one again. Well, God knows you've done enough other of my fucking lists in the past. Why not just do yours too? Well, yeah. So, thanks for joining us on this Spooktober. Thanks for listening. If you haven't already, you can follow us at Tennis Pod on all the various social mediums. You can visit us at TennisPod.com to listen to all of our past episodes. And by the way, there is news coming extremely shortly within days of this episode being released on the Tennis Podcast Book Club. In fact, Brandon, this is news to you too, right? I haven't told you this? No. Our Tennis patrons voted on the book we're going to start with in the Tennis Podcast Book Club. Oh, shit. What is it? It's eleven twenty two sixty three, which you and I have both read. Oh, good. It's been a while. I'm willing to read it again. So, if you want to join us, what we're going to do is on a set date that will be announced soon, we're all going to start reading eleven twenty two sixty three by Stephen King. I think we'll give it, what, maybe a month, six weeks for everyone to finish reading it. And then Brandon and I will do an episode discussing in detail the book and we'll also uh, discuss in a group forum setting with everyone who read the book along with us. So, if you want to participate, get your hand out of your pants and go buy 112263 by Stephen King. I think it's probably on paperback. It's on paperback on Amazon. It's also on Kindle for probably less than 10 bucks. It's in my top five favorite books ever and I'm confident that anyone and everyone, regardless of your preferred reading genre, I think anyone and everyone will enjoy 112263 and if you want to discuss the book in real time with Brandon and I, you should go buy it and read it with us. Yes, I agree. What else? Are we done? I think that's that. I think that you can put a tie a bow on Spooktober. You can put a pin head in it, call it done. Exactly. We're going to end with that. Thanks again for listening and we will see you next time. Thanks.